Welcome to the Weekend Warriors Fishing Podcast, presented by 13 Fishing Canada. Make your own luck. We're here to scratch that angling itch and talk everything fishing. Join us as we sit down with special guests from across the industry. Now, here's your hosts, Brandon Cater and Logan Lewis. episode of the weekend warriors fishing podcast my name is brandon cater sitting here with my buddy logan lewis and we have a fantastic interview um, for you guys here this has been a long time in the making we've been uh, chatting with this this guy for probably a year trying to get him on um he's a busy guy and uh we finally got the chance to sit down with jeff Gussie Gustafson, the Canadian Bassmaster Elite Champion from 2021. Um, but before we get into that, Logan, how are you doing? What's new? What's up? What's good? Um, what's new? Um, maybe something we'll save for a couple episodes later. There's some new stuff there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. What was, what was the next one? What's good? What's good? Uh, what's up? What's new? What's good? No, what's okay? I did that backwards. What's up? You know. Uh, we just, just got off that interview, uh, kind of always riding a high after the interview. It's so cool getting to talk to lots buzzing. of these guys. Buzzing. buzzing. Yeah, exactly. So no, feeling good there. I'm not even going to answer the third one. How, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing pretty good. I mean, we're heading to, uh, Boundary Dam, uh, here in Saskatchewan on Friday. So just booked off time off, uh, just booked time off work today and, uh, you know, booked an airbnb and just got the opportunity to talk to jeff gustafson about largemouth bass fishing so yeah everything's looking fairly good for this weekend you know i i haven't had an opportunity to wet a line since may uh 5th that was opening day um haven't been out yet so um typically i would take a day off work on opening day just to get out there uh lots of anticipation excitement too busy at work too many things going on didn't get out on opening day and haven't been out yet. Yeah. Yeah. So this is actually going to be another two-parter here with uh, Gussie. I know we've had quite a few of those lately, but um, just with the length of the interview, I think the whole interview ended up being like an hour 20, right? So yeah, we, hour uh, and a half, just too good yeah. of conversations to all leave it uh, into one episode. It's just too long. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think, uh, I'm pretty sure it's in the, what will be in the first part is we get some tips for, I mean, I've only been down to Boundary a couple of times, but he actually yeah. has uh, a buddy. I believe he said that he's fished some tournaments with him um, yeah. that used to work in Estevan. So he gave us a little bit of the juice, what what would be good there, right? So um, yeah. well, we have we have some tips from a prof- literal professional when it comes to bass fishing. So some tips for starters, like Brandon and myself. I'll still consider myself a, a newbie, a, a starter when it comes to uh bass fishing so i think uh that'll come in handy because as we mentioned by the sounds of it we're not sure how much longer this fishery could be in the province right yeah we talked about this a little bit in our last episodes with dr chris summers um the future of boundary dam is really unknown with uh with the whole plant situation um what's going to be going on there um if that plant goes down and shut down uh that those water temps are going to reduce and that's really what sustains the bass uh in boundary so unknown i've never been down there i've been talking about it for years and i've just never got the opportunity to actually make the couple hour trip down there and uh give it a go so i'm just super excited to get out there 
um, and hopefully, fingers crossed, lift up my first largemouth bass. Yeah, that's goal number one. And then goal number two is to do it multiple times over and over again. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be going out there Friday, Saturday, so, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, a decent bag, maybe a little one-on-one tourney or something. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It could be a 1v1 literal in the sense of one fish versus one fish. (laughs) 1v1 weekend warrior showdown. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess if you are listening to this episode, because it'll come out this Friday, yeah, you if, if yeah, if you're listening to uh to this today, the day that it dropped, Logan and I Need are help. out <laughs> in these stupid Saskatchewan winds bearing the weather to put largies in the boat. We hope. So if you also have any uh any tips, any uh hey, you should try this or whatever, we uh we wouldn't say no. We don't make it down there too often like Brian says never been there, so uh that never hurts, but I think that's going to be a good time. And I mean, it's perfect timing with this interview. Yep. Um, I'm hoping that you'll be bringing a bait casting setup just to get in the spirit of bass fishing, right? Yeah, I, I think that's critical. I mean, yeah. largemouth bass, bait casters, I mean, just go hand in hand. You watch any YouTube video. And uh, I do have a couple. I don't use them a whole ton. I've used, uh, I have a couple larger bait casters I use for pike, but. I do have a couple smaller 13 fishing bait casters that, you know, haven't really got their chance to shine. Um, so we'll, we'll see, hopefully. Yeah, for sure. But I guess uh, we've kind of kind of bored the people, I'm sure, enough here in the intro. So let's hop into the sponsor really quick. You mentioned 13 Fishing. Um, yep. Presenting sponsors. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic folks over at 13 Fishing or Pella Canada. Um, they've been nothing but great great to work with and uh, they've been fortunate or we've been fortunate enough to be provided with a 15% off discount code um, so if you are a bass angler uh, wall angler pike angler whatever kind of angler you are repellacanada.ca or repella.ca has what you need as far as baits uh, they got suffix line uh, 13 fishing rods reels you name it go check them out um, and then ne- up next I think Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation, right? I mean, they've been yep. nothing nothing short of an amazing uh, organization for the province here uh, for all of us that enjoy fishing. And, uh, you know, they got the Saskatchewan Master Angler Program. Hopefully, yep. you know, a guy can only hope that his first largemouth bass is a Sask Master Angler. That'd be um, pretty sweet. That would be something to talk about. I told Gussie if... Uh, or what? I told Gussie my first largemouth bass. I'm going to send him a picture. So I'm hoping it's a doozy. Yeah, I think I think it will be. And if it's not, hey, at least at least you're not empty-handed. But uh, one thing I did want to mention is the Musha branch of the yep. SWF. They will have their Buffalo Pound. I think it's called the Buffalo Pound Walleye Challenge. Uh, I yeah, believe I that's so. what it's called, right? Yep. Yeah, that tournament was is coming up right away. Actually, a month from when we are recording today, I believe, right? It's the 10th and the 11th of June. June, yep june right so yeah no that's uh something you'll want to check out um like we've said the memberships are are very cheap get magazine subscription you get some insurance you get some access to land and um you do need to be a member i believe to fish that tournament but i mean yes you get to fish the tournament and you get all these all these different uh side things with it as well so something to something to check out for sure yeah, there's, there's a lot of perks that go along with like a $20, $25 membership. So um, up next, we've got Blackfish Gear. Fantastic products um, for spring. A soft shell, 
rain stuff. We'll be wearing that this weekend. Yeah, go check them out, blackfishgear.com. Website is back up. Last episode, their website was down for maintenance. Go check them out. Show notes below, 15% off. Exclusive discount. Uh, you're not going to find 15% off on Blackfish Gear anywhere else in Canada. Um, yeah, great products all around. Yeah, for sure. And then I guess we'll have a quick word here from Lucky Bastard Distillers. And we may as well hop right into the episode with Jeff Gussie Gustafson. There are certain moments in life that really stick with you. This is definitely one of them. The thrill of the deal, my friends, is not a myth. Prohibition is over, Saskatchewan. Ask about LB's legendary Birmingham's Dill Pickle Vodka. After all, it's not a party until someone pulls out the pickle. Tours and tastings available. Call or stop by 814 47th Street East. And tonight, why not mix your Caesar with some lucky bastard? It's the one with the pickle in it. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. We have another exciting episode. Uh, this one's been a, a long time in the making. We've uh, been talking with this gentleman for probably a year, um, and it's, it's, it's nice to finally get you to sit down. We got Jeff Gussie Gustafson uh, sitting down with us today, and um, yeah, Jeff, I mean, for people that maybe don't follow you know, bass fishing in the States and whatnot, uh, maybe take a chance here to introduce yourself. What do you do? Where are you from? And, uh, yeah, just get her going. All right. Here. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. Um, from Lake of the woods, Kenora, Ontario, and, uh, you know, grew up fishing, had access to a boat as a little kid. And I've, I, I run a, you know, a big Lund bass boat now, but with a steering wheel, but I, you know, probably have as many hours on a tiller as, as anybody, you know, just years and years of, that's what I grew up with. And then guiding at a bunch of resorts and camps over the years. But, um, but yeah, I, I like to fish for everything, uh, live in a great place for that. We got, you know, obviously lots of bass, walleye, uh, pike, muskie, lake trout, crappies, and some other oddballs too. So, um, you know, that's awesome. And then my big passion is ba- tournament fishing uh, specifically for bass. And I fish the Bassmaster Elite Series in the U.S. So it's, it's kind of you know, pretty much the highest level in, in our sport. And, you know, just thanks to um, catching a few breaks here and there along the way. Um, that, and that's where I'm at right now. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's the, it's not as glamorous as it looks. I mean, you see, I got my, my wrapped boat back here and truck, but, um, it's a lot of time on the road. Everything's expensive. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's crazy because like the highs are so high, the, but like when you don't catch them, the lows are pretty low. Um, but yeah, no complaints. Um, I'm pretty lucky. Like every day I, I feel like I'm lucky to get to do what I'm doing and, um, been home for about a month and in, in the next few days here, we're, my wife and I are going to get on the road for Texas and we fish at Lake Fork coming up next week. So it's kind of land of the giants, one of the best big bass lakes in the country. And you know, the winner of the tournament for four days will have over a hundred pounds. So that's averaging like five pounds of fish. Right. And, not a lot of places that that you can do that at so um yeah it should be fun and that you said that's down in texas correct yeah okay now we're east of dallas okay that's uh that's like the most i don't like we only have one body of water with largies here in saskatchewan but uh, obviously some of the biggest youtubers are all bass fishermen and that's has to be the lake i see the most on youtube i would think yeah probably it's got uh like it's not even very big it's not that big of a lake but 
um, it's just got the right stuff and, and it just kicks out like more big ones than just about anywhere. But I mean, it gets pounded, like probably the most pressured place that I've ever fished. Like we'll be there and we have, you know, 95 boats in our field and, uh, it's busy. I mean, you're seeing people all the time and then, you know, there's another, there'll be another couple hundred like visitors to the lake or locals. Like it's, I, I did real well. We've actually gone there the last th- three years. This is going to be the fourth year of, in a row of going there, which is kind of unusual, but sometimes happens on some of these good places. And it's it's a place that everyone's kind of excited to go to all the time. It, there's a lot of standing timber uh, that can kind of be a pain in the butt just as far as getting around. Like you got mm-hmm. you go off like they'll have like boat lanes where you can run, but if you go off that, like you're watch taking, out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're who? No, I don't. I'll like go and I can, if you can like side image a little lane and it doesn't look too bad, then you can get some places to run. But like, yeah, I've got stuck plenty of times just idling and like you hit one of those, they're like rock hard stumps. So they'll, oh. they'll tear your stuff up. I'll just sink my stomach. <laughs> no, like every year somebody wrecks a boat or a motor there for sure. Wow. Yeah. So when you say expensive, it could be very expensive. And like, even like for you, right, you're in Kenora, you're making these trips down to Texas, like you're back home where you were just down there. Yeah, not like long I'd love ago, to go. I, so I, I went to Florida, went to Florida in January. We had two events down there, um, a week off. Then we had the Bassmaster Classic in South Carolina, had a week off, then another derby in South Carolina, drove back to Kenora, um, home for like 10 days like we were gone for like two months on that first trip so we had to come back and check in catch up and then uh my wife stayed home on the last trip and i went to um chattanooga tennessee and back for one event um and then yeah going to texas and you know like right now uh this is going into my 10th year doing this and the thing now is like the gas prices are terrible yeah i was i was just gonna say the usual our usual canada price up here (laughs) (laughs) so it's not as hard of a hit for me but like my buddies down there just crying and like we're paying double what they are still yeah it's unbelievable yeah it's horrible in canada yeah no, I couldn't even imagine. Like, that's a ton of miles hauling yeah. a boat yet. Yeah, like, it'll, like, normally it would man. probably cost, like, 400 bucks and like, for gas to go to Texas. And it's probably going to be more like seven, six to 800, yeah. like 700 bucks probably to get there. And then another, you know, same to go. We This is good. We're going to hit two events on this trip. We go to Texas, then a week off. Um, then we're in Alabama and come home. So okay. then I'm back home for a good chunk of June and, and the first part of July, which is awesome. I love, I don't, I love getting out of here in the winter to do this, but I don't love uh, usually in the summer having to having to be out of here. You know, from kind of now on, like we've had the winter from hell here, cold, uh, yeah. a ton of snow, and it's just finally like my we li- we live on a small lake and it like just opened up today. Okay. So um, Lake of the Woods is probably going to be another you know, four or five days, but, uh, yeah. but it's close and the fishing's so good. Like as soon as you can get the boat out there, um, everything's season's open for pretty much everything except walleye is on the third Saturday in May. So we got another week and a half for that, but, uh, yeah, but yeah it's, there's lots of good fishing. I'm going to miss out, miss out on this year, you know, that ice out fishing, but, uh, yeah, yeah, that's it's a great time of year for it, right? Like, or I guess not for it. Obviously, it happens every time this around this time of year. But yeah, definitely some of the most fun fishing. I think that once you start to understand it, especially, um, I mean, days get a little bit colder, but I think spring has got to be some of my favorite fishing, especially for walleye. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Are you you a walleye guy? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I fish for walleye quite a bit when I'm home, like fun fishing. And then like probably 70% of my the guide trips I do, we mostly walleye fish. So yeah, it's, okay. it's like, it's super good out here. Like I, you know, you can go out and I don't even use meat. Like I haven't used meat in like quite a few years. Um, if I'm taking people that don't fish ever, you know, really inexperienced, maybe I'll grab some, some yeah. meat, but yeah, we're just using plastic out here, and for whatever reason, we're seeing a lot more walleyes go to sh- go like a lot shallower than you would think. Um, and later into the season, you know, into this like into August, we catch oh, them yeah. shallow. So it's just there's a lot of um, the, the cra- rusty's rusty crayfish are an invasive species that we have in Lake of the Woods, and they've exploded over the last ten years. And like um, they they actually have mowed down a lot of the weeds and grass and. Uh, it's oh. it, you know that, that sucks because um you know from a, for bass fishing a lot of that you know the weeds is is really they love that stuff but uh mm-hmm. but the everything's eating these crayfish and i think that's why a lot more of the, a lot of the walleyes are up shallow but yeah we're just like a little swim bait or a ned rig and yeah no, for sure. yeah the old yeah. ned rig but uh okay so um you mentioned a little bit earlier when you were introducing yourself you know um, you got to guide and do some, you know, things at other, uh, lodges and whatnot. So you started guiding and transitioned into the pro-life or kind of, how, how'd that all take place? Like, obviously you were, you were good at what you did and, uh, how'd you transition? Were you, were you strictly just guiding bass or were you a walleye guide? What were, what uh, were no, you doing? a little bit of everything. Um, so. A little bit yeah. of everything. So my grandparents had a cabin on Lake of the Woods and then my parents, got it off of them when I was a kid and I, I have a brother and sister. Um, so through our childhood, we had this cabin on Lake of the woods. And then, uh, you know, when I got to be a teenager, I think I, I did my first trip when I was 14 years old, but I used to go probably when I was like 13, nice. like to think about it now, it's kind of crazy, but I would go to like the resorts and like just pop in and be like, Hey, do you guys need any guides? <laughs> and it's really looked at me like, <laughs> you kidding me? I had like a little dorky kid with glasses. I probably weighed like a hundred pounds. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, like I, and then I, I started working at this one place called Ash Rapids Lodge and doing camp work, cutting grass, whatever, you know, and then, uh, one day a guy didn't show up and I got to go and I was like 14 and the, the owner had to come down and do the whole like, well, because the, the guests were pissed, obviously like some kid's going to be their guide. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. He had to get, you know, tell them the like, Hey, if you don't catch any fish, it won't, it's free. It won't cost you anything. And, um, I took him to like all my best spots and we had a good day. So, Oh yeah. That yeah. makes sense. So you, you definitely put them on some fish yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I, it, we're lucky here. Like it's pretty easy to catch, you know, bass and pike and walleye on Lake of the Woods yeah. system. So, um, right. yeah. But that, that was, that was the TSN turning point of your career. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So then, um, you know, that was my summer job, you know, through high school and, and university and fished as many tournaments as I could in between and, you know, caught the bug for that pretty early when I was a teenager as well. Um, so that was, you know, what my, my summers kind of revolved around. And then when I got done university, it was just kind of, okay, I, I got to figure out how to make a go at this fishing thing and just put off having to get a real job. And I'm, I'm still, that's the plan, you know, the program <laughs> that I'm on today. Yeah. Uh, but I started doing a lot of writing and photography stuff. 
um, you know, opportunities to do seminars, you know, at some of the boat shows in the winter that started happening and, um, you know, just found ways to make, make some money throughout the year. I did some guiding for whitetails, um, wolf hunting, um, just find ways to, like I say, avoid having to get a real job and get, get, you know, allow myself to spend a lot of time on the water. And that's, that's a big deal. Like one of the things that I get asked more than probably more than almost anything is how do I, you know, make a living fishing and, and, I mean, the yeah. number one thing, I mean, you see a lot of YouTubers that, uh, you know, that I don't know how much credibility they have that they're like killing it. They make a good video, but I, I that, you know, that part of the fishing community kind of drives me nuts a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, but yeah, you find out, you got to be able to catch fish. What I'm, what I'm ending up saying, yes. whether you want to be a tournament angler or a guide and, um, so just being out on the water as much as you can and um, just learning, that's that's how you, you kind of get better and get to move on to, the, you know, take steps and stay busy. Yeah, for sure. So so how does that how does that go from the guiding to now transitioning into being on the tournament scene? Yeah, so um, obviously around in northwestern Ontario, we've got some really good bass tournaments. So um that, that that got to be like kind of what my summers revolved around, and then um, a, a friend of mine that I guided deer hunting and fishing multiple times um, from Minnesota, he kind of had the means to help me out and got me going. Um, I fished the FLW tour, which was another pro circuit for like six years, and then uh, the last four years I've done the Elite Series. Um, and uh, but yeah, he, he kind of helped me out, paid my entry fees my first year and I got to go do it. And I kind of have just, you know, I, I, it's, it's hard because like you go, most of the places are like a, a 16 hour drive is like a close one for me. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. we're going to Alabama, Florida, Texas, and like, you know, so in the earlier years and even still, like I, I get forced into situations like flooding, um, muddy water, uh, j- just like a lot different fishing that I kind of grew up with. And you, you take some hard lessons and get beat, get your butt whipped. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I've sort of been able to do good enough to just keep, keep doing it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. The consistency is definitely a little better now, um, just with, with experience and, um, you know, you just keep trying to get better and learn at every event. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Lots of those guys would have kind of grown up with lots of that stuff, right? That you're now dealing with, like you said, the flooding and stuff like that for the first time. So, you like yeah. you can you can be the best angler, but that kind of that knowledge of those areas and stuff, growing up with that, that's like second to none. Well, like when you fish tournaments on your home lake or a lake that you know you're familiar with, it's it, it, you have those little spots where at eleven o'clock, if the day's not going real good, well, I can pull in here and just get my limit, you know, maybe get a nice one. Um, but yeah. like down there, we get three days only to pre-fish. So like, well, everybody fishes pretty much from dark to dark mm-hmm. for those three days. And, and you just try and learn as much as you can. And the good thing about the three day practice is like things that you find are usually still pretty relevant. Um, yeah. they can, I mean, a yeah. lot can change in three days too, but a lot of times uh, the stuff you find and learn is relevant. And, uh, 
and you know I've been to a lot of the late there's so every year we have nine events on the elite series there's usually one or two that I haven't been to you know the last couple of years but most of the places I've been to so you get you get some familiarity of of the area and what you should probably be doing and, and that yeah. sort of thing so so is there like an off season for this or is it kind of steady all year no it, it's the fall's usually an off season um usually we're done in july and sometimes august this year we have two events in august so it's running a little later and then we'll be clear from september probably usually we start like the first weekend in february or something okay so it's sort of winter spring into summer and uh yeah we had a we had a bunch of fall tournaments in 2020 because everything got canceled in the spring and then because mm-hmm. yeah. because of covid yeah and uh so we ended up having four events in october and november um down south so that was it was kind of cool i actually did good and i did really good in three of the tournaments and the last one um i finished almost last uh had a had a toughie but um in the south it gets really it's still really hot into the fall and the fishing's tough like it was the it was super tough fishing on a bunch of pretty good lakes and uh yeah it was what it was some grinder tournaments where you're catching like only five or six fish a day but yeah uh, ended up you know, have, doing all right. Yeah. See that ha- for people listening, that happens to the pros too, I guess sometimes, right? Like it's not. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No. And one thing I wanted to, to ask is you mentioned the Lund bass boat behind you. Um, yep. Very common walleye brand, right? Um, but yeah, absolutely. Is that their bass boat version is, is somewhat newer. Is that not? Yeah, it's been around now. I've been running one since 2017. So that's okay. when it came out. Um, but yeah, no, awesome rig fishing machine i mean big deck uh lots of storage good rough water um so yeah it's it's it'll run in the low 60s so it's still pretty fast um and you know as if it's if it's rough out there then i can kind of keep up with everybody and right uh, yeah no I've, I've been lucky lund's been a they've helped me out a lot over the years and you know really i've been lucky and be, being able to put my two cents in a little bit on the boat and just you know be be uh be part of their team yeah that's fair I'm a, I'm a lun guy as well but mine's like a o2 o2 lun with a 50 horse on it but it gets the job done for me out here so <laughs> the boat does not catch the fish so no, it's that's true well and i always loved it like it's a it's 16 and a half foot uh side side console is all and um i mean it's i think my next one i want it to be a tiller um but that's just mm-hmm. for for around here but anyways like even with how hashtag yeah, tiller exactly. life um yeah with how with how small of a boat it is i'm actually like i'm able to stand anywhere on that boat and it's just so sturdy and that's one thing i've always i've always loved about it i mean i haven't been in, in too many other uh brands of boats and whatnot but that's like everyone sees this like oh it's such a small boat well, i can stand on the corner of it and not worry about anything right so it's i, I love my lund basically what i'm saying but <laughs> So I just wanted to hop in here quick. Uh, I wanted to give a quick mention to JP Adventure Rentals and SAS Best Boat Rentals, their sister company. Uh, we're getting we're getting right into the summer months here pretty soon. Days are getting longer and everything. So just want to give a quick word here from them. Uh, be sure to check them out and get your boat rentals for this summer. Get your adventure on with JP Adventure Rentals in Saskatchewan. Whether it's remote ice fishing, hunting, trail riding, or just taking family and friends out for a day of fun. JP Adventure Rentals has you covered with brand new ATVs, snowmobiles, aluminum trailers, plus accessories. Visit jpadventurerentals.ca to make your reservation. Check out our sister company, Saskatchewan's Best Boat Rentals, for all of your boat rental needs. 
Pre-book now. Get out there with JP Adventure Rentals. We rent fun. That that little that little Lund's gonna catch some big largies this weekend. Yeah, oh, yeah. let's hope. Let's hope. That's the lake, the power plant lake. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Logan and I were. Uh, I took the day off on Friday. We're gonna head down there Friday, spend the night there, and uh, do a little fishing Saturday, uh, which I guess leads into another question that we had as a topic here. Um, me personally, I've never made my way down to Boundary Dam, which is the only largey lake in Saskatchewan. And uh, so this is going to be this is going to be my largey virginity card here. So we hope. Uh, yeah, we hope. <laughs> so basically for myself and anybody listening, because you better believe there's a lot of people in Saskatchewan that hasn't that haven't fished for largemouth bass for a new bass angler. What what would you recommend as necessities to have in the boat with you? Um, as far as as far as baits, um, you know, if you know, what is your ideal uh, largemouth bass rod and reel setup to you? Like as far as action power. Well, it all just depends on what you're doing, right? So yeah, I would probably like at that place they're probably going to be around spawning. Like mm-hmm. they might be spawning yeah. already. They maybe not quite, um, but they'll be shallow. I would probably have a chatterbait tied on just to be able to like okay. pass, cover some water. Um, yep. They're good through the grass and, and whatnot. And then uh, you probably need, is there a lot of weeds and grass there? Yeah, there's um, right. So I guess for people that don't know that are listening, this is, is from the coal plant and the hot water, I guess, outtake from the plant is what makes the water warm enough for them to survive, I guess. Um, yep. So right around there, it's some of the weirdest, like black hair-like weeds, um, and yeah. really just and it's just weird. It's it's like it'll go from literally shooting out from shore, and it's like I think it's like seventy feet deep, not far behind it. It's just a messed up area, right? So we usually just cast some cranks around in there and maybe pull a couple. But otherwise, the lake is kind of um, it, it's similar to lots of the lakes in Saskatchewan, where it's not just a, a circle. It's like it's some part of a system, right? So. It looks like there at least. And so what it's got is it'll have um, from shore, it'll maybe have like 30 feet that it is weeded and then it just drops right off. So lots of times we're catching walleye um, on, on the retrieve and stuff. So yeah, there, long story short, there, there is some weeds, yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> well, I would have a, a probably a wacky rig, um, okay. worm, and then a Ned rig. Like Ned rig catches fish everywhere. I love and, Ned rigs. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it would be good there too if you find little hard spots or just the edges of the grass and that that sort of thing. But yeah, yeah I'd be going Money. walking around up shallow. Um, they'll be they'll probably be getting close to spawning around around there. I would imagine. So when they're when they would be on their beds or maybe around there, is it more just you're pissing them off and they're biting to get rid of you? Like it's not like a actual feeding thing, is it? Um, it, I think it can be sometimes yeah. like if they're really like locked on a bed then they'll often just pick your bait up, carry it away and drop, oh, okay. carry it out of the nest and drop it. But yeah. lots of times they'll eat it too. Okay. It depends. But like if they're actually spawning, they'll be, you know, good shades. You want to have good polarized shades and you can, you know, you can see them. You just go fast on your trolling motor till you see them. Yeah. You okay. want, and sometimes you got to like slide by and then sneak back up to rate you know once you know exactly where they are but right um but if they're not actually spawning they'll just be sitting out in front of the those you know little shallow coves and bays the areas that are kind of protected and 
um, you know, usually you can find them sort of grouped up a little bit too. Okay. So I guess this is more a personal question. We, we haven't announced a certain thing that I'll be doing in a little bit here on the pod yet. And I don't know if it'll be this episode, but, uh, I plan to be wearing polarized glasses for the majority of my day for maybe a month. So, um, what, what are some good polarized shades? I know there's tons out there. Mine are like some I bought for fly fishing that were like 20 bucks at a fly shop. So I'd like to like to upgrade, I think. Yeah. The 20, $40 shades yeah. are no good boys. I mean, I can see the fish, but I can only imagine it's like, I wouldn't know how good the good ones are yet. Right. So, yeah, no, I, uh, I've got, well, I've got a pair sitting right here, but I wear Costas and, um, you know, they've got a, they've got several different lens, lens colors, but green mirror for just like, if you're getting one all purpose pair, green mirror is pretty good. Um, they, you can get glass or plastic, but I always wear glass. They're a little bit heavier, but like they don't scratch. Like you don't get oh, the okay. little, you can throw them in your pocket all the time and they don't get like, they don't, the plastic will yeah. scratch like crazy. And these, you got to like rub a rock on there or something to scratch it. Okay. The glass, they just last a lot longer. And, um, yeah, I mean, they, they, they're the they're they're i mean there's some other good shades for sure but i've worn those that's what most of the a lot of the fishing guys are wearing okay. for sure well i'll be ordering those and hope they come in in time then probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no i think that's i go. think brian is gonna have to uh he's gonna have to watch some videos he's gonna have to have a cabela's run here luckily he lives close <laughs> to cabela's and you're gonna be picking up some baits and uh yeah yeah cabela's pokies that's the thing, right? I'm, I'm about to make a run. I've never fished for bass, so I don't really have anything other than maybe a couple like Ned Rigs. You need a and, uh, Ned Rigs. Like, I just green pumpkins all I use, and then chatterbaits. Chatterbaits are so deadly, for especially if they haven't like seen a ton of them. Well, I was going to say, how are you yeah. working those? Like, it, like I've used them a couple times, but haven't had, haven't had success, probably because I didn't know how to use them. Well, it's super easy. So for anyone that doesn't know... Uh, it's a bladed jig. So you can see that it's like basically a jig and with a little blade on the front of it and mm-hmm. you, you tie off right there. And it basically, you got your jig sort of functions like a crankbait. So you fire it out, let it sink. You know, I like it to be bumping into the grass a little bit, bumping into the bottom a little bit. And um, yeah, they just, when they bite, you, you know. And then you want to put a trailer on it. I'll throw one on here just to show you. A little stinger. Yeah, I got my whole uh, my whole tackle tackle room back here, so. I'm oh, you you have shot. you have tackle? Yeah, <laughs> just a little. <laughs> um. So yeah, but but I'm I'm using a Z-Man Razor Shad on mine. That's all I ever use, and it's the stretchy Elastex. So like, you can catch like fifty fish on one of those. But it's just a segmented, you know, sort of minnow bait designed for these. For putting on a chat okay. bait. And uh, yeah, just nice and straight. It seems like I like the baits that don't have like a bunch of appendages and stuff coming off the end of them that work kind of the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You just got to sort of snap that thing on there. But oh, yeah. Kind of um, beefs it up a little bit. Just bulks it up a little bit. Yeah. And then that tail has a, some nice action. But like, yeah, they're fun to use and catch fish and have half ounce is pretty much pretty standard right okay okay so chatterbait wacky worm net rig yeah and you know yeah and I'll, and, and I'll probably get like a seven pounder eight pounder you're guaranteeing it if you throw that chatterbait a bunch you'll catch a 
you'll catch some bass on it. I yeah. guarantee you. There's some not bad size. Like, I don't know about belly size, but there's some, like, lots of, like, some of the terms I've seen there, lots of, like, 19 inches. I don't know what that is in comparison yeah, those to are, other ones. 19 inches, probably a four. It's over four pounds. Yeah. Um, you know, 20 incher, you might be get, if it's a fat 20 incher, it'll be a five pounder. Okay. Well, um, well, even Logan. So like there's a couple of bass tournaments that are held there each year and, uh, Logan works for a company. I don't know if you've heard of them, my catch anglers Atlas. Um, they host, they host a tournament through their app there. So last year we, we were one of the sponsors for that tournament. I've never bass fish, but I was like, yeah, let's sponsor a bass tournament. So we were one of the sponsors and I was, uh, so one of the guys that won our prize, he came by to pick up his rod and stuff. And I was just talking with him. He lives in Regina. He's originally from Ontario. And he said, like he lives in Regina. He drives two and a half hours to boundary. He doesn't fish anywhere else in the province, just boundary because well, he's from Ontario. So he's done a lot of bass fishing, but he said, Boundary is probably in the top five largemouth bass fishing <laughs> that he's done across Canada. And I was like, huh? really? Well, one really? of my good friends from here lived in Estevan, working, worked there for a few years. And yeah, so he fished it quite a bit. So yeah, I like, I'm familiar, I'm pretty familiar with it. Like just from yeah. him, tell me, right. tell me stuff. So that's how I know the chatterbait's good there. Oh, there you <laughs> oh. go. Okay. So this is an insider. Yeah, okay. I fish some tournaments with like, he's legit. He's yeah. He's, okay. he's, okay. he's caught a bunch of them there. Yeah. Well, this is perfect then. This is the perfect podcast interview before heading to boundary. Yeah. Yeah. You better be writing these down, making your list. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I think that's, uh, I think that's good. Cause it's something that like, not a ton of people, I mean, with, I don't know if you know where it's situated in the province, like it's in the far um, southeast corner pretty well yeah. from everyone. Like it's three hours for me, two and a half, three for Brandon. So um, yeah. it's definitely out of the way, especially when we have some of the walleye fisheries, um, which would obviously be more popular here. But when we have like last mountain lake and, and deef and stuff like that, that are nice and close, um, I think it's something that people don't get to as much. And yeah with the potential of, of cold being phased out, we're not really sure how much longer that's going to, going to be here. Right. And then that's three to five years. Yeah. So that's, oh, really? Yeah. that's what they're saying. We'll see. Hopefully not. But. SAS, SAS powers, you know, they're, they're trying to work, you know, coal energy out of it. And, you know, if that plant goes down, that's really what's sustaining the water temperature for these bass. And basically, I don't know if you've listened to the pod at all, but our last two episodes was with, uh, a biologist he's a professor at the university of regina and he's actually the lead of the saskatchewan sport fish research group and uh he, we were talking about that a little bit and uh so he's actually him and his team are starting to do a uh a research project out at boundary just because of that um you know them possibly not being around in the next five to ten years who knows i guess you never know so oh it's too bad yeah well, hopefully they figure out how to keep it keep it going yeah, because well, yeah. then we only have one public Smalley Lake in the whole province, and that's not close to anyone either, really. So it's kind of, we we would like to have it more, and we talked to him about that too. It's like, yeah, Smalley's for sure, like they're over in Manitoba, which they get pretty well, same winters as us lots of the time, right? And he's like, it's not yeah. a question of if they could survive, it's it's where should we be introducing them, I guess was yeah. was the thing so i mean it'd be interesting but yeah it's something we're gonna we're gonna try it out i've gone down there i actually fished the tournament that we sponsored i think it was that one 
Um, I didn't catch a single one. Catching walleye, catching little pike. Uh, one of the guys in our boat, he got his five. There's three of us fishing in the boat, and me and the other buddy, we're using the exact same thing too. All the same thing. It's typical one of those things, right? He can cast right behind you, and 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 he's getting he the one. Must not be letting it sink long yeah. enough. For no, we, like literally, we we even tried like side by side do the same thing. I was like, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but anyways, he. You got his his five there, but even in that tournament, like it was, if you didn't have like five nineteen to eighteen inches, you weren't placing. But then that was like the upper limit, pretty well it seemed like. But there's some guys that, um, that's their home, like I think, and they definitely have it have it figured out. But it is cool, like I think, great out of the when you're sitting at the hot water return there, I think the water's like, I think I sent my dad a picture of the sonar. I was like, I think it was like twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty degrees Celsius, and I was like, this is crazy compared to especially that time of year what we see in in our other lakes so i was like well this all makes sense i guess for for why they're in here but no it's i think brandon will enjoy it um especially never uh, the feel the fight of a bass that's what i was going to ask you when brandon asked if you're a walleye guy um the guys that we've had on here that aren't <laughs> walleye guys see like doc, like uh dr chris summers he i think he well, he loves all fish right but um he was basically saying walleye aren't as tough and stuff like that compared to, to some of the other fish. And then we've had some people um, with other species basically saying that well, the, the fight of a walleye, this of a walleye doesn't compare to a smallie or a large. So I guess what's what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, bass have a little more attitude and yeah. fight a little harder for sure. Yeah. Like pound for pound, they're tough, especially smallmouths. Um, oh, yeah. And they jump. They have come up with their mouth open jumping. Like every, that's pretty cool. And, um, you know, so yeah i agree i agree i the first one i hooked into um, well, walleye fishing it's not to, for the fight <laughs> no no <laughs> that's fair that's fair it's for, it's for supper yeah yeah no that's uh the first like oh, yeah go ahead yeah no i i uh i like i enjoy walleye fishing too but yeah no but I, yeah the bass definitely fight harder yeah i i couldn't get over that the first time i hooked into one there at, at boundary and we were just flipping some i think we were a little bit of texas rig a little bit of wacky rig um with some docks there um and they actually that's some of they've got some nice docks for that the way that the way it drops off they've got lots of floating docks and stuff too so easy to toss it under right and you don't gotta worry about getting hung up on the stands and the first one i looked into is just like it bit and then just flew total sideways i was like this is way different than like it was kind of like a pike a pike will do that sometimes but this thing is just going around and around and i couldn't i couldn't move it for a bit i was like this is this is impressive and the same thing with smallies they kind of i found they've got they get on their side and it's it's hard to move on when they really when they really get going so sorry walleye guys but we hope you guys enjoyed part one of the interview with gussie there um some pretty cool insight to what's going on with with the bass scene and and kind of what goes into the the day-to-day with someone who who does basically fish for for a full-time living hey yeah he definitely uh has a lot going on, you know, as far as the guiding stuff and everything, but he's making a living um, on the Elite Series down in the States, doing a lot of traveling. And uh, yeah, like we mentioned in the interview, gas prices are crazy, but um, yeah, a lot of traveling, hauling a boat across America. Um, but yeah, living living on, on Lake of the Woods in Kenora, just a uh, fantastic spot to be from. And, uh, you know, definitely a big part of, of his his uh, upcoming and uh, career as a pro-, pro angler. Yeah. And I, I think uh, part one there, we, we did get into quite a bit with him um, and some good tips for, like we mentioned at the top of the episode, newer bass anglers, especially like ourselves and 
and our, our trip to Boundary here soon. But um, I think I think one thing that you'll find interesting in in part two is we do talk a little bit more, get into some other things, but then some of the questions um, that we ask them and whatnot. I th- I, that's always something that I find interesting is you get some different questions too than I think they probably are used to being asked every single interview or whatever they do. So um, that's something you're going to want to check out for sure. Part two should be out two weeks from this Friday's release date. So uh, be sure to check that out. But before we end the episode off here, got to mention 13 Fishing. Yes, sir. A uh, big part of uh, what we do here at the Weekend Warriors Fishing Podcast and uh, a big part of our weekend this weekend um, down at Boundary Dam. Uh, go grab yourself a rod, go grab yourself a reel, baits, what have you, whatever you need, get 15% off your order on repella.ca. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it makes a, a big difference um, in your checkout cart. Go save yourself some money. We all, we all like that new gear. Uh, grab yourself some suffix line. They did just come out. If you are a walleye guy, go check out their Omen Gold Series rods. Uh, just picked up two of these myself, and they feel amazing. I cannot wait to get out there on Last Mountain Lake um, and try target some some large walleye. Um, definitely go check those out. 15% off those. Steal of a deal. Yeah, for sure. Um, thanks again, as we mentioned, for tuning into this episode. And be sure to stay tuned for part two with Gussie. Thanks for tuning in to the Weekend Warriors Fishing Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a review on your favorite listening platform so we can reach more anglers just like you. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for media updates and behind-the-scenes content.